Welcome, Nationals fans, to episode 23 of the Curly W Live podcast. My name is Kyle Brostowitz, and I am once again coming to you from the Curly W Live studios here at Nationals Park. Thank you once again for listening to the podcast. Remember, you can listen to the podcast, including all past episodes, through our blog, curlyw.mlblogs.com, and through iTunes, as well as art19.com, by searching Washington Nationals Podcasts. You can also find the podcast on more platforms, including Blueberry, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, Podbean, Podcast Republic, Podknife, Radio Public, and Stitcher. As we mentioned in our last episode, we are going to dedicate a few podcasts uh, to look at the roster moves on the Mass and Broadcast side. Uh, be sure to check out our previous episode with Masson's new on-field reporter, Alex Chappell. Um, that aired last week and is still available online, like I said, through iTunes or art19.com. We learned a lot about her during that conversation, and she's going to be a great addition to the Masson team. So on today's podcast, we shift our focus to Bo Porter, who returns to Washington for the first time since spending the 2011 and 2012 seasons as Washington's third base coach. Bo also served as a third base coach for the Atlanta Braves in 2015 and 2016, and prior to that, he served as manager of the Houston Astros in 2013 and 2014. So, um, and in that time, as you'll hear in his in our interview with him, he spent some time on the broadcast side working for MLB Network um, after his time with the Astros. Before he joined the Nationals in 2011, he spent the 2010 season as a coach with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And before that, he had a lot of experience as a minor league coach and a minor league manager. Bo Porter attended the University of Iowa, where he played football and baseball. He was drafted by the Cubs in 1993 and would go on to play 10 professional seasons, including parts of three major league seasons with the Cubs, uh, Oakland Athletics and Texas Rangers. So in our interview, we talked about his new role, how it all came about, um, some of the broadcasters he's looked up to over the years, both as a youth and during his professional days. Um, and he talked about some people he calls on for advice and who, who he's talked to since taking this role. Um, he talked a little bit about what his style will be as an analyst. Um, and we got some good fan questions that related to um, how he'll use social media and how analytics will play into his broadcast on the pre- and post-game show. And then at the end, we dove a little bit into Bo's thoughts on leadership. He's a motivational speaker. Um, He's written some books on leadership. So we talked a little bit about some of the advice he's received along the way and some of the advice he passes on um, through those talks. So uh, without much further ado, here is episode 23 of the Curly W Live podcast with Bo Porter. Enjoy. All right, we are now joined on the podcast by Bo Porter, the new uh, feature analyst for Nats Extra, uh, Masson's pre- and post-game show. So um, I'm sure you've heard it from many others, uh, including Nats fans and, and I'm sure family and friends. But uh, congrats on the new gig, and let me welcome you back to the organization. No, Kyle, it's an honor you know, to be back with the Nationals, and I thank you for, for having me on the show and looking forward to waving a lot of curly Ws. That <laughs> uh, sounds good. So... I guess let's get right to it. Um, you know, tell listeners how this opportunity came about. Well, you know, I, I've always, you know, stayed connected with the organization just from my time that I was there, my relationship, um, you know, with the organization. When when the Nationals and Madsen reached out, you know, I was director of player development and um, heading up the um, Players Trust for the Major League Baseball Players Association. And as I started to look at the opportunity, what really excited me was the opportunity to get back into the day-to-day of, uh, of Major League Baseball, evaluating players, evaluating teams, um, looking at the analytical side of the game. And, and not only that, just um, being able to, to take all of the experience in which I've been able to gain from the many different you know, positions in which I've held in the game from a player to a coach to a coordinator to a bench coach to a manager 
to a front office executive, I, I, I felt like this was a great opportunity to use all of my knowledge and wisdom and, and skill sets in a fashion where it's able to give back to what I believe is our greatest resource in the game, which are our fans. Going back a little bit, when you were in college um, at University of Iowa or throughout your playing, coaching, and managing career, um, did you ever think about the broadcast side of the business as something you'd want to get into? I've always thought about it. That's why that's why I majored in communications at the University of Iowa. Um, every opportunity that that I had to actually, you know, foster or develop, you know, my my broadcasting skills, I took those opportunities. Even when I was um, fired by the Astros, you know, MLB Network called immediately. Mm-hmm. Had some other networks reach out, and I I did post postseason coverage with MLB right. Network that season and the following season. I've also you know, done some work with 120 Sports. So, no, I would say that, that broadcasting is something that, in, in the back of my mind, I said to myself, if the right opportunity presents, the right opportunity come along, that I would be very intrigued and very interested, and I see this as the perfect opportunity. Okay, so what, and this is kind of a, a follow-up and, and two-part question. The first is, um, when you were younger, maybe you know high school or college, and you were uh, assuming you were a sports fan and you watched sports on TV, read, read about them in the newspaper. Um, you know, were there any broadcasters or media members or writers that you liked watching or reading or uh, following that kind of uh, fueled your your passion or your interest in the broadcast and the communication side of it? Well, you know the fact the fact that I, that I, that, I, that I am a Hawkeye, you know, um, top top road car will always be, you know, one that that I that I not only, you know, admire and look up to, mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to, you know, to meet time and, mm-hmm. and have and have some meaningful <clears throat> and have some meaningful conversations uh, with Tom Brokaw as well. But you you look at today's analysts, I would say, you know, obviously Howard Reynolds, John Smoltz, guys that um that I've known a long time and that have been in the broadcast side of it and have done a really good job for our game and for baseball fans in general. Mm-hmm. But um, growing up, you know, you, you who, who didn't love Harry Carey? Absolutely. Um, and I was I was blessed enough and fortunate enough to be drafted by the Cubs and to make my major league debut with the Cubs right. and had an opportunity to meet Harry Carey and 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 so that was that was great as well. So you were you grew up? Did you grow up in Iowa? No, actually, I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. I grew, I grew up in North New Jersey, um, but, you know, everybody had WGN. So now you kind of answered the second part of the follow-up, but uh, in terms of, you know, being res- respecting John Smoltz and Harold Reynolds and those guys, but um, when you were throughout your baseball career, did you ever develop relationships with maybe with media members or broadcasters that, um, you know, maybe have helped you along the way um, or you've been able to look to for advice or even as you've gotten this role, is there anyone you've called on um, in the last couple of months? Well, I, I've always kept close relations. Um, with the media mm-hmm. uh, in, in general, as it as, as it relates to just being in the game, right? Uh, I think that as as we get closer and closer um, to to the season, to the regular season, I will continue, you know, to reach out to different people that I know that I, that I know in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, some work for other organizations. Right. Some have been you know have been have been doing this maybe you know more. Um, from a from a standpoint of calling game right. and not doing pre and post game, but because of the network in which 
you know, I'm associated with John Hart, who works for MLB Network. Him and I were together with the Braves. Okay. He was one person that I did speak to in regards to this opportunity, and he was able to to give me some great advice, um, along along with guys like I said, like Howard Reynolds, um, Brian Jordan. Um, as well, falls into that same category. Okay, that, that's a good list to pull from. Now, moving forward to this role and where we are now in, in February, we're close to spring training. Um, have you been able to talk to your new co-host, Dan Coco at all? And, and what, what about that relationship can you tell us so far as, as we approach the season? Well, the good thing is that Dan and I, you know, our paths crossed um, in Washington in right. 2012. So we have, we have great history um, together already. Um, I was I was very very complimentary to him on what he's been able to do in his career. I believe that he has well positioned himself right. to, um, to to be able to continue to grow in his new position. So I'm honored to be um, to along to be alongside Dan in this capacity. We were able to uh, to have a dinner okay. and, and kind of you know just kind of talk through some preliminaries as it relates to the show. But I think the fact that we <clears throat> have this long-standing relationship will vote well for the show. Now, how do you, um, the two of you, plan to prepare uh, for opening day, uh, whether it's the two of you as a team or how do you plan on preparing um, you know, from now until that first broadcast um, in March, at the end of March? Well, I, I think now that, you know, obviously the Super Bowl is over and, every, and all eyes are pointed towards the baseball season, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, you know, we will we will definitely start to connect more and more, right. and and one prepare for the upcoming season. We have some time blocked out that we're going to spend in spring training oh, good. Uh, together yeah. from February 20th to March the 1st. So that will give us ample amount of time to to one start to start to start to put together. You know how we how we're going to go about opening day, um, working with the producers and the entire team. So it's going to be a collective effort, and I think that we have great experience. Uh, with the entire team. I'm glad you mentioned uh, the word team in that last answer. And you've been on teams your whole life, whether as a player, coach, manager. Um, but now you're kind of a part of a different team, like with Dan and producers and directors um, and the whole Masson family, and, and including, you know, you're part of our team now too. So what, you know, I want to talk a little bit about team building and, and be, being comfortable with a new group. Is Are there any, you know, similarities between, between what you've done in the past as player coach manager that maybe you can apply to, you know, building a relationship, building cohesive cohesiveness with your new team. And yes, I mean, I think team building is very important, whether you're talking about a team on the field, a team off the field. I think the fact that when you are a part of a team and you understand that your job is to add value to that team and whether, whether or not it's in your area mm-hmm. or whether or not you're actually lending advice to someone else in their particular area. I think, you know, keeping in mind that you're here for the greater good of the team and, and putting the team before yourself mm-hmm. will always allow the team to have its greatest impact. So what are you most excited about with this role? If you could pinpoint one or two things, what? Well, what excites me is just the opportunity to, um, to engage with our fan base. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, again, coming into this, Coming into this role, having the opportunity to one evaluate, you know, players and teams and situations uh, each and every day. I'm a baseball lifer. It's right. something that, you know, I, I love. I love to talk about, and I think we have a great team. Mm-hmm. So when you look at, you know, the the team and the projections of what this team can actually do, 
I think it gives our fan base great excitement. It gives me great excitement to be covering a team that, you know, Mike Rizzo in the front office has done such a tremendous job to put together and put in position to make a deep run into the playoffs. So you mentioned you've done some analyst work for MLB Network. Um, you did some postseason work for them as well. And you, you might have had a style then. In general, what do you think your style is as an analyst or what do you think your style will be in this role as an analyst? Um, when, I, when I think about style, I, I, I think that, you know, our job as analysts is to be able to, one, keep it simple, mm-hmm. but convey it to the fan in a more in-depth analysis whether you're using analytics, whether you're using your baseball experience, whether you're using, you know, different situations that you may have witnessed from your playing days, coaching days, managing days. I think being able to use connectivity to give it to the fan base in a, in a, in a simplistic manner in which they can understand it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because of the advanced analytics that we have afforded to us today, I think it gives a person like myself who has played baseball, coached baseball, managed baseball, and have seen a lot of things with my own two eyes, you're now able to take the modern-day analytics and kind of back a lot of those stories that give it even more support and validity. Absolutely. There's always a balance there, and I'm glad your motivation is to kind of bring that balance to the fan base. Um, when they're watching you. So um, our first fan question comes from Jeremy Art on Twitter, and he wants to know, uh, will at Bo, at Bo Porter 16 Bo actively tweet during Nationals games? Uh, I always enjoy the real-time perspective from former players and coaches. So do you have a plan for how you'll uh, approach your broadcast through social media at all? Um, I, will, I will say this. I, I, I am not an avid social media um person mm-hmm. but obviously in this new role I will take I will take the opportunity to engage mm-hmm. with our fan base on a more consistent basis okay. and I will probably be on social media more than ever before <laughs> but I can't I can't promise that I will tweet every game I think that it would more so be a touch and feel okay. type of situation as things evolve within the game because again when I watch a game, I, I've always watched the game in its entirety. Right. Um, I think that's why a lot of the coaches that I played for, you know, really encouraged me to stay in the game once my playing days were over because they felt like I had, you know, a career right. in coaching and managing because of the outlook in which I would have when we were discussing the game in general. So I think it would be touch and feel, depending on what happens during the game, if it's something that I feel like our fan base, one, need an immediate explanation, mm-hmm. and we can't wait until the post game. Right. I think that, that, that those are times where I will, you know, take the Twitter and, and give our fan base um, a teaser of something that would tee them up, knowing that we're going to discuss it in more detail um, on the post game show. That's great to hear. I'm sure that the fans will really appreciate that outlook. Building off your, your social media presence, if you scroll through your Twitter account, one aspect of your life and your career path is that of a, a motivational speaker and author. And I, I thought that was uh, pretty cool to look back through your tweets. You've done a lot of speaking engagements, uh, leadership seminars, it looks like. Can you tell listeners a bit about that aspect of your life and how it's impacted you um, in your baseball career and maybe how you, it'll impact your, your life as a broadcaster? Well, I, I think that, one, I've had some really good mentors. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of my mentors, we were just you know talking one day and he was really stressing to me 
how important it is to share our experiences mm-hmm. and that you've been blessed to to experience the number of things in which you've been able to experience and garnish, you know, all of the knowledge in which we have obtained over the course of time. And I just saw speaking engagement as an opportunity to to share those experiences in a positive manner that will hopefully inspire or spark someone else to go out and do things that will impact society as well. Mm-hmm. And I think through my through my speaking engagements, through my books, through my podcast that will be launching real soon nice. here. I think it's just all my desire to help people. Okay. I think at the at the end of the day, I'm a people's person, and every opportunity that I get to share, you know, my experience, and I look at again the number of mentors and people that have helped me along the way. I feel indebted to them to do the same for others. All right. I want to close with this to build off that a little bit, is there, and I hope I'm not catching too off guard with this one, but is there one um, le- piece of leadership advice that is your kind of rock or something you lean on or you've leaned on all of your, in, throughout all your travels in, in your career in baseball? And second part of that is, is there, uh, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Well, I mean, you know, a lot of times people, people look at, you know, leadership and they have this this myth that leadership is about telling other people what to do. Mm-hmm. And realistically, you know, leadership is more about presenting yourself in a manner where people feel compelled and confident to actually join your team. Um, I think you know, from a from a from a leadership standpoint, I've had I've had many people, you know, give me advice, you know, over 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 the years. But I would say one of the best pieces of advice that I've received as far as leadership go is that you want to take every opportunity to duplicate yourself. Okay. And when you look at it through that lens, that that's a leader that's willing to give someone else everything that they have with the notion of you're wanting them to carry that forward when they leave, when they, when they leave that particular setting. Um, I was blessed to play, you know, for some, some extremely, extremely, you know, great coaches and, and Hayden Fry being one of them in football. So I, I, I look at, I'm very, I'm very, in touch with the fact that from a leadership standpoint, you are either going to add value or you're going to take value away. And I, I, I try to position myself each and every day to add value. When you, when you are in position of leading your team, your players, your coaches, or those that you're charged to lead, they're going to ask themselves two questions each and every day. Do you care about them more than you care about the, about yourself? And can they trust you? So. That that was probably the best leadership advice that any of my mentors ever gave me. That's great stuff, and it kind of mirrors what I've heard Max Scherzer say a couple times. Not necessarily about leadership, about work, uh, work ethic. He's said he's said a couple times, 
you either get better or you get worse every day. There's no uh, in-between. There's no staying the same. And I think that applies to, to your beliefs on leadership as well. It's kind of similar. No, it, it, it's absolutely true. And leadership is not about getting people behind you. It's about getting people to join you. Bo, I appreciate you taking the time to join us on the podcast. We look forward to seeing you. You mentioned you guys will be in spring training, right? Yes, we'll be in spring training. I'll be there the twenty, the March twentieth. I mean, February twentieth to March first. Awesome. Well, it'll be good to see you down there. We'll have a good group of Nats fans. I'm sure they're going to be excited to meet you. So once again, thank you for joining the podcast, and we will see you in a few weeks. All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Bo for calling in. Uh, I think he and Dan are going to make a really good pairing on the pre- and post-game shows, so pretty excited to see what those two have in store for us once the season starts. Uh, I'd also like to thank at Jeremy Art and at JakeNats24 for submitting questions. I didn't specifically ask JakeNats24's question, which was about analytics, but uh, Bo gave his insight uh, through an answer to a previous question, So, but I did plan on asking it. Uh, so well, thanks once again uh, for submitting that. Uh, but with that being said, I think Jeremy Art's question uh, about social media usage was the best one and i think it actually inspired bo to become more active thought it was interesting that um, he'll use it um, if fans need an immediate answer or some immediate insight on uh, something that might have happened in the game and then he'll likely tease it to where it's something that they talk about in the post game show so um, again at jeremy art i'll contact you via social media and we'll get you that 2019 media guide one week nats fans just one more week the next time you hear from me, I'll be coming to you from the Curly W Live studios at sunny West Palm Beach in the Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Hope to check in with Dan Coco during his visit there, so be on the lookout for that episode in the coming weeks. Um, and I hope to see you down there. Uh, if any of you are making the trip or are going to come out to practice or games, let me know. You can tweet at me, at Kyle Brostowitz, and um, I'd love to interact with some of you guys and get to know our listeners a little bit. Uh, once again, let me know if you guys are coming down, and we'll check in with you during uh, workouts. Thanks again uh, for listening to Nationals fans. We'll see you next time on the Curly W Live podcast.